What's up, guys? Welcome to the real world. Welcome to another episode. On tonight's podcast, we are with Oklahoma's finest. As you guys remember, we had a police officer on last year's podcast. And tonight, we have another police officer. So we're going to jump into this episode. Stay tuned. What's up, guys? So welcome to another episode of The Real World. I'm your host, Daryl Terrell. And tonight we have another amazing opportunity to sit down with a police officer, a police sergeant who has been on the force for a very long time. And I've been looking forward to this podcast for at least a year. It's finally happening. So let's dive right into it. And Taylor, welcome to the real world. Thank you. Sorry it took me a year to sit down <laughs> on the couch, but I made it. I'm here. Well, we appreciate you being here. We know that you're a busy man. And um, so let's get into this. How long have you been on the force? Uh, I've been an officer now for 22 years. 22 years. And what are some of the things that you love most about being an officer? Uh, honestly, everything. Okay. You know, uh, at a very, very young age, uh, you know, I have felt a need to serve. I would, you know, best way to put it, you know, that's uh, so why I joined the Marine Corps uh, at 17. And then once I got in the Marine Corps, you know, I kind of built around, but I knew that wasn't me. I'm, I'm not a suit and tie kind of person. Mm-hmm. I need to be out there doing something. And so it seemed like the next natural step was a police officer. You know, when I was young, my goal, mm-hmm. you know, growing up a little bit in Texas, I wanted to be a Texas Ranger. Okay. That, that, that was my dream as young as I can remember. And... You know, but becoming a police officer in general is, is, if it's not the Texas Ranger, I'm a police officer. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I, and I just, I do, I, I love being a police officer. I love being out there helping. I love, you know, getting to see things develop, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, so to speak, is the best way to put it, because general public doesn't really see what we do they yeah. see the aftermath or they see what the news puts on but they don't really see what we do they don't really see connections that we make so it's it's, it's fun that way yeah you know sometimes you know the public happens to see one side of a situation what can you tell the listeners how having two perspectives is so important um, well, the main thing is, is 
I know not everything the public sees, but there are certain aspects the public sees um, looks bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, let's be honest, it looks bad. But some police work, not all, is ugly. Yeah, it's not necessarily harmful. Mm-hmm. It probably looks bad, but whatever we're doing probably isn't near as bad as what it looks like. Right. But some sometimes some situations, police work is just ugly, mm-hmm. you know, and and it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. But if you actually take a step back, look at a bigger picture, you're going, oh well, now I can see what he's doing, and oh, I see where he, mm-hmm. what we're, you know, what he's doing right there, and okay, that's not so bad. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that sometimes that doing police work is ugly. Well, you know, the fact is, serving a community every day, knowing that it is made up of all cultures, all different types of people, it's going to be ugly. And that's the thing. White, black, Hispanic, yellow, red, purple, crime is ugly. Mm-hmm. And it affects everybody of every race, color, and creed across the board. Mm-hmm. And the only the only thing is is there's a few people that are willing to <laughs> try to help now you know in in every aspect there's are some that don't mm-hmm. and some that and some that are that do it better than others mm-hmm. you know i mean would i say i'm a great cop right let's say i'm a great cop i mean i make mistakes but i think i'm a pretty good cop i you know i mean you know me on a personal mm-hmm. level I, i'm I, I come across pretty level-headed sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I you know, anytime you've ever asked me a question when it comes to, you know, what I do, I always answer it, and mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most articulate, so it might not come across <laughs> great, but eventually you get understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and I always I always try to be objective on everything. Yeah. Just give you guys a little bit of backstory about Taylor and I. Both Taylor and I go to the same gym. We're both fitness enthusiasts. We love working out. And, um, you know, and there's times that he and I have different conversations at the gym. Sometimes we may not agree on the same aspects. Sometimes we do agree on the same aspects. But the thing about it is, Every single time we have conversation, we both walk away cool. Yeah. Because, and and the reason why I'm telling you this is because I don't know everything that I see. And so, who am I going to, who better to go to than Taylor, who is out there on the streets, who is doing his job, who is protecting every single one of us on a daily basis, obviously being on the force. 22 years Mm -hmm. I mean he's doing something right and so with that said it's for me it's fun that I get the opportunity to hear his side his perspective of what I may thought something may have been to understand it from both sides and then make a decision from there yeah and like I said I'm you you know me, I'm easily approachable. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, whether it's you or a random person on the street, I don't know how many times, at least late, lately, you know, 
somebody might approach me like, hey, let me ask you a question. So what's the deal about this? You know, and most of the time I was like, you know, I can speak for myself and how I would handle something, but, you know, I'd always try to be honest. And I don't, I try not to sugarcoat anything, at least on my end. <laughs> you, know. you know, so last year, Oklahoma probably went through its biggest activist season I've ever seen. I would agree. Several cities across the state, and Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Midwest City, Dallas, all your, you know, I, th I would think for the Oklahomans, all the well-known cities were all having something going on. And so I ran across Taylor after he'd been injured by getting hit with a rock in the head. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Sometimes people don't think about the dangers police officers also go through. Not only are there the people who are fighting, who, excuse me, who are committing crimes and who are doing bad things, but officers get hurt too. And seeing my friend injured from getting hit with a stone is 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 very tough to see because it could have injured you severely uh well i mean at this point it, it kind of want what your take on severely is because for me i would say it did because mm -hmm. um, as of right now i've had my second surgery i have no teeth on my left side on the upper because it had to remove them because of the damage it caused. I have two fake teeth on the same side on the bottom that had to remove, be removed. The damage. I still have one more surgery to go. So, you know, I mean, eating isn't isn't fun right now, <laughs> you know. And but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is that terrible? You know, no. I've been hit by a car twice. I've had a broken leg. I've blown out my knee. You know, and, and the amount of injuries from the Marine Corps. You know, there's a there's a really really good possibility by the time I get older, I'm not gonna be walking upright for much longer. <laughs> what was the toughest part dealing with that time with so many people protesting? I know this sounds it might sound a little silly, but being hated. Not for who I am, but for what I do for a living, and and not even necessarily being white. Okay, just, just stop right there. Now repeat that again. Not necessarily for being white, but be doing what I do for a living. You know, I, I'm. I can say I've been spit on. I've been kicked. Uh, obviously, I've had a rock thrown at me. Um, I've had these things happen, not because of what I am, not because of something I've even done at the time that these things have happened, mm -hmm. simply because I wear a badge for a living. I think one of my favorite conversations, and 
this happened several years ago. Um, I was asked to go to a Black Lives Matter meeting uh, with one of my bosses who happened to be black. So I get there and obviously I stand out. I'm the only white male and the only white male officer there. Mm -hmm. There was, it was, it wasn't a huge gathering, but I don't know, 20 people, 15 people. There was a, a, a young male, probably late teens, early 20s. And there was, he was with two older gentlemen. They had to have been in their mid 60s. You know, when we first approached, he was like, hey, and I'm just standing off the corner because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if anybody wants to hear from me at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of, I'm listening to everything that they have to say because they're addressing, they're talking with my boss. And so the email comes up and he's like, hey, can I ask you something? I'm sure. It's like, ask away. And it's like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And he's just going on and on and on. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I was like, well, give me a second here. I was like, believe it or not, you and I aren't much different. And he had this bewildered look on his face. I go, so in this, you know, and this was well before any protests or George Floyd or anything else. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, I go, you know, you and me aren't really different. And, he's, and he kind of had that look. I was like, you know, you and your family are all worried when you leave the house of what will happen if you get pulled over by a police officer. They're worried that you might get hurt or you might get killed. I was like, what what you might not understand is my family has the same worry. I was like, they worry when I walk out that door, I might not come home. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's real at this, this day and age. There are, there are instances where officers are being targeted. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so again, you know, I've got kids. They've, there's been times when they were young, they cried because they didn't want me to go leave the house because they were afraid I wasn't coming home. I was like, so you and I aren't that different. I was like, and secondly, I was like, here's another part of the issue. I was like, you know nothing about me. You don't even know my name. And you're going, why do you do this? And why are officers like this? And why do you guys do this? I was like, how do you know I even do any of those things? You not once did you bother to ask me my name or even get to know me to see if I'm the demon, so to speak, that you portray that I am. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could be a great guy, but you'd have no idea because you just automatically assume because of what I do for a living that I do all A, B, C, and D. And the two older guys kind of chuckled in the back and they go, he's kind of got you there. <laughs> and he go, and the kid was like, you're right, I apologize. I'm so-and-so, and I'm like, well, how are you doing? I'm not, my name's Taylor. We had a conversation, like, see? It's like, so when you see me, come say hi. I'll yeah, remember yeah. you. And I was like, and, you know, if you're with your friends and you see me, and they're like, oh, there's some a-hole cop. And you're like, you can go, actually, no, I've met him. He's actually a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is people don't want to say hello. Mm-hmm. They want to be mad. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand it, but not all of us are the persona yeah. the the bad persona so to speak what happened to the times where people used to have conversation i mean have those do those times exist anymore seriously they, i think they do i just think there has been a shift 
in I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's a it's a time frame thing but I think there's a shift where you know I think social media has a play in this some people think their opinions are the only opinions and the only ones that matter and if you don't agree with the, their opinion or if you don't or if you're not like-minded they're mad but unfortunately we live in a society where you can have whatever opinion you want that's great I don't have to like it but I don't care because believe me I'm sure there's a million people out there that don't have the same opinion I do yeah, especially yeah. about police officers I love my job Mm -hmm. I love what I do. I love, you know, the people that I work around do a great job. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, they genuinely are there for the right reasons. They want to help. They want to make a difference. But because that's not the most popular opinion in the world. Right, right. You know, if you say something against it, you're, you're in the wrong. Mm -hmm. But... I'm, I think I've reached a point in my age <laughs> in my career of okay you don't like it that's fine mm -hmm. I mean you should at least say get to know me and then really make that opinion but you're due that respect but it doesn't happen but that's okay you yeah. know I, yeah. I'm the same thing you don't want to that's fine that, that's that's your world I'll just be over here <laughs> with the people that know me and know me on a personal level that can go you know because I you know, don't get me wrong, I can be that persona, mm -hmm. but I just choose not to. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we all be, we can all be assholes. Mm -hmm. All of us. You know, cop or not a cop. Yeah. We can all fit that mold. Mm -hmm. It's just, is that how we want to live our life? Yeah. It's not how I want to live my life. But I, I, I will say, you know, I can look, I can look like it. I know me. I know my look when I'm at work. Because when I'm at work and when I'm not at work, it's it's two different two different tailors. It really is. But I know when I'm at work, I know I have a look on my face. What's but that, the look? What's the look? Dude? I I have I have I have command bearing is the best way to put it. Okay. Which I come which comes from the Marine Corps. They teach you command bearing. And when I go somewhere and I go on a call, you know. I want, when I arrive, for them to go, okay, he can handle what I need done. He can take care of my problem. I don't want somebody, which I've heard, and, and it's sad, but I've heard, I don't want somebody to go, I don't think he can help me. Why? Nobody should ever say that about a police officer. They shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You should feel comfortable, or you should feel safe, or you should, you should feel like, okay, they can help and and I might have that asshole look but it's more of a professional I'm here to do a job I'm here to help you I, I'm here to get from point A to point B if, if we can do it great let's do it great you know but I'm also the type of person that there is a line you know there's a line and I don't want to have to put hands on people I don't want to I don't, my goal isn't to throw people in jail that don't need to be there. Mm -hmm. But you can't kick me. You can't spit on me. You can't throw something at me and think that I'm going to go, 
Ah, thanks. I understand your frustration. Sorry for being me. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. And guys, that goes for anybody. It does. Everybody Anybody's wants to get upset. Anybody that's being kicked, that's being spit on, that's being, you know, mistreated, isn't going to be happy about it. It's not just our officers. I think my next question, you know, and this is more of a society thing. For some reason, I am seeing such an outburst of angry citizens across the U.S. that, I mean, not just angry. I, I say angry for the simple fact that you have to be angry, upset, mad, hate life, whatever it is to beat on another race to rob people to um to to just do some of the crazy things i see in society right now do you think it's just what is your opinion do you think it's just the world is 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 turning into I I i can't even explain it what do you think is happening right now I think a lot of people justify their actions over their feelings. And I don't think, I'm not saying everybody, but I think there are a few that if they do hurt somebody, their response is, well, I did that because he did this. Mm. You know, and as you're growing up, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, we're going back to childhood, huh? Pretty much. I mean, because here's the thing how many people, whether it be on the news, whether it be while you're out with friends, somebody says something and that person turns around, slaps them, punches them, whatever it is. Is that really an appropriate reaction for words? It's one thing if you're just walking by and somebody sucker punches you and you're like, okay, well. I'm going to hit them back. Hitting somebody back is probably an appropriate reaction because most people, when they get hit out of nowhere, their first reaction is to hit back. I mean, that's that's almost an in- instinct kind of thing. Or, uh, you know, uh, one of those, like, yeah, instinct kind of thing where it happens, it's just a natural reaction. It's just like, oh, oh, okay. But for somebody to just say something to make you mad to the point where, you want to put your hands on them or you want to hurt them. I, I, I think, like I said, I think people are, are trying to justify actions over feelings mm-hmm. and it's not always appropriate, yeah. you know? And, and that's, and that's what I find funny is to a degree, they're right. We are held at a standard at a higher standard than the public, which we should be, you know, but in the same aspect, we are all human. We are all people. I'm not a machine. Things do get to me. I'm not saying things get to me to where I will put my hands on you, but things might get to me to where I'm going to go, you know what? I don't have to be here. Have a nice day. And I'll walk away. But it, it's, it amazes me how 
I'm not saying vast majority, and I won't say society itself, but there are people out there that believe that it's okay to treat officers however they want to, because this is what we signed up for, right? That's what that's what I hear a lot. Well, you signed up for this. I'm sorry, I didn't sign up to be spit on. I didn't sign up to have a large rock thrown at my face and knock out my teeth and have to have fake ones put in. I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up to be hit by a car. I didn't sign up for any of those things. What I did sign up for was to be a servant. What I did sign up for is to try to help and do a job that not everybody wants to do. Let's face it. Especially nowadays, nobody really wants to be a police officer. There are a few that it's a calling, and for me it is. You know, I, I again, I have a calling to serve. Yeah. I, I, I love, love being a uh, Marine. I love being an officer. You know, I, I love being able to, you know, do those things and know when I look back, I might not have made a huge difference. And it made a difference in someone's life. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is, is even when you go to that call and they're mistreating you and you decide that you want to, you know what, I'm going to bounce. I don't deserve to be treated like this. And the moment you drive away, they're going to complain right. that you did help. Yeah. They do. And, and again, Yes, my job is to protect and serve. And keyword is serve. I know that. But my job isn't protect and serve and be degraded just because I walked up on your porch or because I knocked on your door. I, I didn't pick you out of the sunshine. Mm -hmm. You called us. Mm -hmm. I'm here to help. You gotta let me. You know, there's one thing that I wanted to sit and talk with you about, and I'm, and I'm sure there's probably, and I know you will not know all the answers, but I think the biggest thing that's been on my heart to talk about regarding Oklahoma City is the Oklahoma City County Jail. What do we have to do? to change the dynamics of what is going on in this place. Because to me, it seems like an absolute nightmare. You know, most of the stuff I see, though, is, is what you see, is on the news. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I wouldn't begin to know how to fix that. I mean, because again, like with, with, with you, I don't have a lot of working knowledge yeah. with that place, to be honest with you. I really don't. And, it, and it's rare that I'm ever there. Mm -hmm. um, but from what you what is being put out there, it's, you know, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I know they're trying. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, do we build a different one I mean just from your basic answer you know I mean should we house criminals in the best way possible 
or should we house them in the most pathetic way possible? I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say pathetic. Okay. Uh, I, I, I I don't think that at all. I, I I think the the Oklahoma I guess detention center now or whatever it's called mm-hmm. or the old county jail all the way to a federal prison across the board. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of what they've done, they need to be treated humanely. They need to have a humane way to live. Mm-hmm. Now, again, what's your what's your point of view of humane? What that in what in Arizona where that sheriff was? He had his prisoners living in tents eating MREs. Yeah, on and, where you and, live. <laughs> you know, for, and here's the thing. A lot of people thought that was inhumane. Mm-hmm. That's great to have that opinion. But you do realize there's hundreds and thousands of service members that live and they've lived like that for a very long time. They made it ju- and they made it through it just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, are MREs the tastiest thing in the world? I will say they've gotten better over the years. You know, but it's nutrition. Now, uh, again, what's your idea of humane? But the flip side to that coin, though, is yes, they need to be treated humane, but we all need to remember whether whether they're family, friends, whatever else, they did something to put themselves in that situation. They made a decision Good or bad or indifferent, they made the decision and they got caught. Mm-hmm. They got wrapped up into whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. Now, are there instances where people are in jail unjustly? Uh, yes, we've seen them. We've seen the news. We've seen the you know true Hollywood stories. You know crime, the true crime stories where people have been exonerated. Mm-hmm. Yes, is just like anything else, any other job like bad police officers, bad doctor. Is that the majority? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Does it happen? It does. Mm-hmm. But that's not the majority. The majority is the people that are there got there for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like you know, anything that I do in general at work. Whether it's a traffic stop, they pull somebody over for speeding. Well, they they want to talk their way out of getting a ticket. Or you arrest somebody for a DUI. Oh, that you're you're ruining my life. What did I do <laughs> to ruin your life? I didn't feed you all the alcohol and then gave you the keys and go, hey, I'm gonna meet you around the corner. This should be fun. You know, I didn't do that. What I did was I'm at work. I see a car swerving, or I rolled up on an accident and somebody's stumbling around. It's my fault that you get arrested? Not at all. I did accountability yeah you did what you did to get there so we need to remember in general in society we need to remember that they broke the law mm-hmm. whether it's the simplest basic law that there is and people think it's dumb or where it's it's the major huge big law murder it still happened I didn't make anybody do anything to put them there, but my job is to put them there. You can't fault me for that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make the law. I didn't just, like I said, I didn't, you know, 
put my scout car behind somebody and then start pushing them faster just so I can pull them over, <laughs> you know? But it's always my fault and I'm always, I'm the one ruining someone's life. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a big game, basically. They're all fine with it when they're doing it and it doesn't, it's not a problem and it's not ruining their life then but it is one day I one day I win right. because I caught you <laughs> well the thing about it is when you have that type of mindset and you're at a very high toxicity level from drinking or whatever they may be doing they're not thinking at that split second you're saving their life and someone else's life from them but you know i will say this on a basic criminal level though it's like that whether they're sober high drunk it, it i can say in 22 years i've heard it all of it's my it's my fault mm. i'm ruining their life for whatever it is because nobody wants to take accountability for their actions and then of course family members are mad because mm. i arrested this person yeah well again I don't know why we're blaming me. Yes, I put your loved one in jail. But why is he there? Right, right. Let's get to the facts. You know, and a crime's a crime. You know? If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. You know? If you broke the law, you broke the law. I, I Again, I don't make it up. I don't just pull it out of the sky. But, I, you know, unfortunately... I get to take that. I, I, I take that burden. I take it with a grain of salt, but I still have to take it. And, you know, it. there are days that are harder than others. It's not fun being hated. Yeah. You know, it's not fun. Like, I don't know how many times I've walked into a restaurant, Walmart, whatever, and people look at me and roll their eyes. I just walked in the door. <laughs> I haven't done anything yet. I might be just shopping. I don't know. But again, and there's always there's always a flip side of that coin. There are, I've, I've walked into places, you know, people come up and often, hey, I just want to say thank you. I know your job isn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not saying that's all bad. How does that make you feel, though, when someone actually knows that every day could possibly be that last day for you? You know, for me, I I took that on at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I took that on at a young age. And, you know, when you go to boot camp, I mean, that's, that's drilled into you. You are here to serve a purpose. This could happen, but this is what you're doing. This is why we're here. We're going to just look past that. And so for me, over the years, I don't pay it too much mind. Mm -hmm. It can happen. And I know it would devastate my kids. I know it would devastate my family. Like anybody else's that lose a loved one. Well, it would devastate us and your gym family. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, close friends, friends. 
it, but it, it's just like any, it's just like somebody that doesn't do my job. If they was devastated, it's it's the same thing. I guess for me though is I've just learned to live with the possibility. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, but how 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 do you learn to live with the possibility of death? I mean, yes, any of us I've been at doing any very it, second. I've been doing it so long. I've been doing it 30 years. I've had that. I've had that. I've had that blank check, so to speak, for 30 years. You know, like I said, since I was 17, I signed that dotted line. That's all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew uh, at a young age I wanted to be in the military. Uh, my son is the same way. My son came to me at 13 years old on his birthday. Dad, I want to join the Marine Corps. I was like, kid, you're 13. You got five years to, I was like, Let's, we'll talk about that later. And every year on his birthday, dad, I still want to join the Marine Corps. 14, dad, I want to join the Marine Corps. We got time. And 15, dad, I want to join the Marine Corps. 17 years old on his birthday, dad, I want to join the Marine Corps. I'm like, well, I was like, you're 17 now. I was like, all we have to do is, I was like, we can sign you up in the delayed entry program. I was like, your mom will have to sign the line too. I was like, you know, I will. This is what you want to do. You've been asking me for years now. He goes, I was like, but we need to talk to your mom. I'm on speakerphone. She's right next to me, dad. I'm like, you ready to go. He was ready to go. And so, you know what? The next day we went to the recruiter's office. I picked him and his mom up. We went to the recruiter's office and we signed him up. When he turned 18, he left. And, you know, he, same thing. He wrote that check. He wants to serve. He wants to serve the, his country. He wants to serve the public. He wants to serve the Marine Corps. He loves it. You know, and he's, he's getting ready to re-enlist. He's been on two deployments. You know, back to back at that. And that doesn't happen very often. He came back from a deployment, was home seven months, Right back out again. So he's been on deployment off and on for almost two years. You know what? For a young man to have so much vision at such a young age, and year after year after year, knowing what he wants to do for himself, that's badass. You know, what's funny is he lived, he lived his life like that's what he was going to do. Because, I mean, let's face it. Explain, explain. He lived his life how? Like what? All, no, I won't say all high school kids. A lot of high school kids. They, they go to parties. There's alcohol. There's marijuana. You know? And they all experiment. Well, I won't say all, but a lot experiment. Mm -hmm. Whether it be have a sip, whether it be they drink a little, whether they try marijuana, whatever it is, mm -hmm. whether they smoke a cigarette, all of it. Uh, for him, he knew where he wanted to go. So when his friends were like, hey, you want, no, I'm good. I don't want anything to drink. Hey, you want to try this? No, I'm joining the Marine Corps. I, I, I don't need that. He lived his life like he was going to serve. He lived his life that he knew his end game was getting into the Marine Corps. That's all he wanted. And what was funny is I didn't tell him stories about my career. We didn't talk about my career. You, know? you didn't talk? Mm -mm. Why? 
He never asked. That's crazy. I don't... It's kind of like... Well, it's kind of like my job or even my life in general. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about myself. I don't talk about my life. I don't talk about but my career. this is your son. He didn't ask. That's just not who I am, unfortunately. What about today? We talk. Okay. Uh, you know, and it's kind of... Our relationship really, really changed once he graduated because... Positive, negative? Oh, positive. Because Marines, along with any military branch, Mm -hmm. that's your brother. You might be a different color. You might be a different race. You might be a different creed. But that is your brother no matter what. You might not like your brother on days. You might want to punch your brother in the face. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times... As a Marine, we fought each other more than we fought anybody else. <laughs> but you know, bloody and dirty, we laugh, hand each other a beer, go back to doing whatever we were doing because we're brothers. But, and we might want to punch each other in the face. We might give each other crap, but don't let anybody, you know, I don't care if I, I beat the crap out of my fellow Marine, but if somebody else outside, outside the Marine Corps What's the get? Oh no no no! Hey man, we're gonna stand up. We're gonna handle this together. That's just how it is. We're you're you're brothers. So for me and my son, yes, that's my son, and I love him. But now he's my brother as well, and he's experienced things that I experienced. He has got to see some things I got to see, and it, our conversations are a lot different now because we have a lot of commonality now. Yeah yeah. We've both been on deployments. We've both seen things. We've both got to experience things. A little different, but kind of on the same level. And so, you know, for me, I tell him, hey, when you come home, people aren't going to understand how you talk, things you say. It's not like they're not illegible. His verbiage is just different because he talks like a Marine. There's certain, you know, certain words that, you know, Marines use and jargon, so to speak. And they'll look, it's like, they won't understand what you're doing or they'll be so shocked that you do this from, you get up at this time in the morning and you work and you, then you go over here and you do these things and they're gonna be like, what? Me and him will talk. Be like, oh yeah, I used to do that too. And man, remember, I was like, do they still have this over here? Yeah, it's still over there. I was like, yeah, because the last time we went, uh, I took him his car back a couple of weeks ago. We were driving through the school of infantry, and I told my son, I was like, hey, I was like, do you see those Quonset huts that are there? And there were, there's a cage around them. They got in storage. I was like, yeah. I go, that's where I stayed when I was in SOI. That's where I lived. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, I can't believe they're still there, but that's where I lived. And so, you know, we do stuff like that. And then one time when I went and I went there, I stayed in his room because I was picking his car up and bringing it here because he was deploying. I stayed in his room and I opened up the window and it just comes flooding back, the noise, the, the smells. Because, I mean, come on, they're, they're young kids, dirty, dirty little boys, so to speak. <laughs> they don't know how to wash their ass, but, you know. You know, you smell of feet and feel and gunpowder and helicopter. I'm like, man, that's almost like home. And I fell asleep and I knocked out. Like, that's the best sleep I've had ever. Because I was like, you know, I was just, I was back. You 
know, it's, 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 it was weird. It's like, I, I slept like a freaking baby. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. My question for you is this. What would you tell your younger self now? Hmm. You know, I think the only thing I would probably change is I probably would have stayed in the Marine Corps a little longer. I, I, I should have retired. You know, um, I'd still be, a, I'd still tell him to be a police officer, even in this day and age. Mm-hmm. If I had it to do all over again, uh, being a police officer, even if I were to have to start over today, I'd still do it. I would. I love what I do. I love being an officer. I love serving my community and you know the city and the town I work in and the area I work in the area I work in is predominantly black it's predominantly you know it's a a large lower class area I love it they are so nice (laughs) you know and people are they're like what I'm like yes I love the community I work in I you know I mean it's it's funny that people are shocked when I say that, and I just think they're shocked because I'm a white male working in a in a You're predominant white. yeah a predominantly black community, but I love it. I really do. Everybody's so nice. I get invited to cookouts all the time. People are constantly wanting to like, hey, you want some water or some tea? Come on in, you know, all the time. I love it. It's not unsweet tea. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, we, we in the South, so to speak. There's, there's no such thing as unsweet tea. Or if there is, you aren't from, you ain't from around here. You're from up North. So, but I, I do. I, I, I love the community I work in. I love the people, I love the people I serve, you know? And I, I don't know how many times that when people do stop for a second, and just take a moment, take a breath, and listen to me, or talk to me, how many people have gone, you know what? I wasn't expecting that from you. I didn't think you were gonna be like like this. I didn't think you were gonna be this nice. And I'm like, why? Is it because I'm just a, a white male officer? Well, yeah. You gotta look past that. You gotta look past it. It's just a job. It's not personal. They're not committing a crime against me. I mean, it has happened. Don't get me wrong. It's happened, obviously, missing teeth. But 99.9% of the time, it's not personal. They're living their life and making their decisions. I just happen to be there when the bad ones are made. Or I happen to come find you when you've made the bad decision. And I'm not arresting you because I hate you. I'm not arresting you because, you know, you've made me mad. I'm not arresting you because you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, or whatever else you want to you want to identify as. I'm not arresting you because of that. I'm arresting you because you've done something wrong. You know, and you know, even some of the little things, people don't think are wrong, but they are. You might not believe it. I can show you where you are wrong, but it's still not my fault. <laughs> but. You know, it's okay. I, I, like I said, 
I don't take it personal. I know as a young officer, it's hard not to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to take it personal, you know, because you're so excited. You're like, I'm here, I'm doing this now, this is great. And then somebody goes, you're a piece of junk and you're this and you're that. And you're like, wait a minute, what what I do? And so it's hard to not take it personal. But, you know, the older you get, I think in anything, your skin gets a little tougher. Mm-hmm. Your, like, it, like it does in life. Your attitude changes <laughs> a little bit and you get to the point where you realize that all the, all the drama, all the hate, and all... All that stress just isn't worth it. So, you want to yell at me? Fine. You can yell me. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Yell all you want to. You know, you want to hate me? Go ahead. It's not affecting my heart. I wish you wouldn't. I wish you would just give me the opportunity to talk. You know, and people are like, well, I've had bad experiences with police officers. Not with me. You ain't never met me. You know, but they don't. Some people will, some people won't. And that's okay. I mean, I, again, I don't take it personally. I got two more questions for you. Sure. What would you say to a young man who is wanting to be in the military like yourself, like you used to be, but also follow the same lead to possibly serve the community as a police officer? What would you say to him? Or woman. Put yourself into it. Do it. Don't half-ass it. Don't do it for poor reasons. If you want to do it to make a difference, then go make a difference. Mm-hmm. This is a career. The military is a career. It's not a job. It's not a. It's it's not something you just do because I got nothing else to do. Why not? I think that's where laziness comes from. I think that's where. They might not be a poor officer, so to speak. Like, they're not making bad decisions. They're not doing things wrong. But their their heart isn't into it. They're not putting themselves into it. They're not giving their best. It's not always easy to give your best all the time. But put yourselves into it. You know? Don't shortchange yourself. And don't shortchange them people expect something from you do it it's not hard but put yourself into it because you'll be surprised when you do your career will be fine mm-hmm. time will, like 22 years has felt like a year I you know <laughs> I'm at I'm at that point where I could retire but honestly retiring scares the crap out of me why I love what I do I don't want to I don't want to be done. This is fun. I really, truly, don't get me wrong, there's days I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm so tired. But in the grand scheme of things, I love getting up and going to work. You know, I, 
I don't take my stuff to the cleaners. I iron it myself. Mm. I starch it myself. I don't have the brass I wear. I don't have the Stay Bright, which is stuff that you don't have to shine. I shine my stuff every week. Every week. Why? Because I'm putting myself into it. My car is clean all the time. You know, I I pay I pay a, uh, a car wash a monthly monthly fee to have unlimited car wash. You know, if it snows, there might still be snow on the ground, but I'm gonna wash my car. <laughs> Why? Because I don't I don't want to look terrible. You know, I'm putting myself into it because I believe I believe you are what you present. If you present that you're putting yourself into it, people are going to believe you. Yeah. You know, and you'll you'll do great things. Mm. You really will. But you you got you've got to do it. You can't go, well, I was online and saw that they were hiring, so why not? Let's see what happens. <laughs> you you you're not you're not gonna put good product out, so to speak. Yeah. You know? I I wanna put good product out. I want people to walk away and go they might go man when he first got here he was a dick but you know what he's actually a nice guy because there might be times when I first show up yeah people are not going to like me because I'm going to control the situation I'm not going to let people yell at each other Yeah. I'm not going to let people put their hands on each other you know I will snatch you up because that's what needs to be done but once I'm done doing these things once I get control of the situation at hand, I can turn off and turn on what I need to. I, I, I can turn on being the person that takes control of like, nope, you're going here. Nope, you're going here. Hey, you need to stop talking. I'll put you in a car. But once all that's done and everybody's calm, I'm like, okay, now, now that we're done, how can I help you? What can I do? What's going on today? You know, listen to your story. Hey, nope, don't interrupt him. I'm going to give you your opportunity to talk. He gets his opportunity to talk. Please continue. All right, now I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to ask you for this for the same courtesy. Please don't interrupt. Okay, ma'am, it's your turn. You tell me what's going on. Or, sir, you tell me, how can I help you today? What's going on here? Yeah. You know, because I think you need that. Again, you, people need to understand that I'm in charge. I, you called me. I'm here. It's time for me to do what I do best, you know, because I, I, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a brother, I'm a counselor. I, I could be a paramedic, you know. There was one time I got to play fireman, you know, <laughs> and I gave the fire guys so much crap that day. It was funny because <laughs> it's a really short story. Somebody called 911 because their ring camera caught a fire starting on their house. Uh, um, a landscaper threw a bag of mulch on top of their light. Well, that light got hot, set the mulch on fire, and their ring camera went off with the smoke. And so they called them. I just happened to be like a block away. So I got there and I just like hosing it down. And here comes the fire. I was like, hey, hey, I got it. Thank God the heroes are here first. I did your job for you. Thank you. So. 
was like, now you guys know, let me drive the truck. And, you know, of course, they were just razzing me, but, you know, I mean, like I said, I love every aspect of my job. I really do. Okay, let me go back to that question. Since being on the force, how have you seen Oklahoma City change? What I've seen, I mean, they're heading in the right direction. You know, they've they've done, they've got people in place that want to better their community and want to better the department and make a difference. You know, you see, you see more, I think you see a lot more community outreach. Mm-hmm. I think you see a lot more accountability for sure you know and you see a lot more um, I would say you see a lot more of holding a standard you know and and community trust being a big one it might not always happen but you see you see the direction that it's going, you know, and and I, I think I think they're doing, I think they're doing a, an outstanding job of trying to, you know, change certain aspects to fit the time frame, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. There's a lot of things you can do great, but in its basic form, any city, any department, what you cannot change is what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. You can't change the basics, the basic steps of a police officer protecting and serving and upholding the law. Uh, Or at least, you know, the written laws of whatever city, whatever state, you, you know, you can't change, you know, you can't change stealing is wrong. So you can't change that an officer has to go there and arrest that person for stealing. Those, those, those basic things on any department will never change. But I think you can change on, um, more community outreach, you know, more, I think one of the things I like that a lot of cities across Oklahoma are doing, a lot of, like, you know, Yukon, like I said, Tulsa and Edmond and all these cities are doing these things is, like, National Night Out, you know, where the community has a little get-together and they invite the officers and fire department and IMSA and the officers that work close to that community, you know, like, like Yukon is, is fairly big. Tulsa is fairly big. Edmond, they have their districts, right? Mm-hmm. And same with Oklahoma City. They all have their districts and each district has, you know, what's it? Um, 
like a little, like a, almost like a, like a neighborhood, not like necessarily a neighborhood watch, but you got certain neighborhoods that, yeah. like neighborhood watch, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're a small community within a community. Yes. So they'll have a get together and those officers that work in those areas in Yukon and Edmond and Tulsa, they, that work closely to that community, they get to go there and these, and the citizens can meet the officers that when they call 911 will show up at their house. I think, I think, I think things like that should be more than just once a year. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, open houses at police stations, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about like big carnivals or anything, but <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't hurt to, you know, have people being able to come to a station from time to time and this is what it looks like. This is where, I mean, most police officers aren't at police stations in general. They're out in their car patrolling. But, you know, a lot of departments um, offer ride-alongs. Yep. Go on one. Mm -hmm. See it. I'm going to go back off of one of the things you said finish tonight's podcast and this is your opinion I've heard so many people speak about the Oklahoma standard in your opinion in your experience what is that standard I think the Oklahoma standard and I think I would, I would hope, at least what I've seen, I would hope that most Oklahomans, Oklahomans, and, and the Oklahoma State is, is, basically help thy neighbor. You know, because I, I really do believe, for the most part, people here want to help other people, in time of need, especially. You know, um, I, I do. I do, like I said, I do think that it's a big help thy neighbor. You know, it it is nice, you know, when people just wave at you randomly. You know, I mean, I I think our community, our state, is a very laid back friendly. You know, I I think I think our I think our standard is you know one of of caring and one of like you know we want to hey embrace you welcome to Oklahoma kind of thing mm -hmm. you know oh you're having problems you know you see it in big disasters you see it on house mm -hmm. fires you see it you know tornadoes everybody's coming out and helping everybody wants to be there I think I think that kind of kind of sums it up is is you know more of the uh, help thy neighbor or help thy fellow uh, statesman, so to speak. So, the Oklahoma standard, help thy neighbor. Taylor Shaw, thank you for coming on the podcast. Guys, this is Daryl Terrell with The Real World, and we're out. <laughs>